book of Exodus chapter 15. Exodus chapter 15. When you got to say I have it. Exodus chapter 15 in our text is found in verse 22. And we're going to finish off the whole chapter to 27. So Exodus 15 starting at verse number 22. And I want to begin to read, and it reads, Then Moses led Israel on from the Red Sea, and they went out to the wilderness of Shur. They journeyed for three days in the wilderness with, without finding water. They came to Marah, but they could not drink the water at Marah because it was bitter. That is why it was named Marah. The people grumbled to Moses, What are we going to drink? So he cried out to the Lord, and the Lord showed him a tree. When he threw it into the water, the water became drinkable. He made a statue and ordinance for them at Marah, and he tested them there. Everybody say tested. He said, if you will carefully obey the Lord your God, do what is right in his eyes, pay attention to his commands, and keep his statues, I will not inflict any illness on you. I inflicted on the Egyptians. For I am the Lord who heals you. Then they came to Elam. Where they were, twelve springs of water and seventy date palms, and they camped there by the waters. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you tonight. And Father, I pray that somehow, some way you would use my life, God, as Father, you would speak to and through me, God, to every individual that is represented tonight. I pray, God, because all of us are at different junctures in this walk or this journey called life. And Father, I pray that for whatever reason, you brought us all here tonight because you have a word for us. You know where we're at. You know what we're going through. You know the test that we, Father, have to prevail and pass. And Father, I pray that in spite of the test, that we would be blessed, God, and we would stay focused on you. And that your will and your way would be done within our lives and the life of this ministry. And Father, I pray for an outpouring of your spirit. We need your Holy Spirit because without you, we could do nothing. Of significance and we want father your power here tonight and i'm careful to give you all the honor and all the glory and i ask this in jesus name amen and amen praise the lord why don't we give the lord some praise as we're seated here tonight the title of my message real quick is blessed in spite of the test blessed in spite of the test See, there in this portion of scripture that I just read, or we just read, he tested them. The Bible says that he tested them. There he proved them. There God tried to grow them spiritually. See, there's many different examples within the word of God. But I don't understand the children of Israel. I don't understand them because they've seen all the plagues that God brought upon the children of Egypt or the, the, the land of Egypt. He's seen everything that they've gone through and everything that they went through. And, and the children of Israel seen all that. And they've they seen the power of God fall. They've seen all the plagues uh, uh, hit the people. And he's seen all the miraculous signs that, that God brought forth. But in spite of all that, they still, for whatever reason, didn't have enough faith to believe that God didn't did take them out of that, that bondage in, in Egypt just so they would live in bondage all over again. That God didn't bring them out of that environment and, and that, that, that place of environment uh, just to put them in a place and allow them to die. But God brought them there because God was testing them and God was building them and God was preparing them for greatness because God had great things in store for their lives. But in spite of all the miraculous signs, in spite of everything that he provided, in spite of everything that they seen with their very own eyes, they still didn't have enough faith to believe that God would just allow them to die of thirst. That God is a supernatural God. They didn't believe that God had enough power. Perhaps they thought in themselves that the power of God basically dribbled down and ran out. But I'm here to tell you that the God that we serve is an all-powerful God. And God did save you, that he would leave you, that God did break you from that bondage, that he would just let you die out here in the desert. 
God has a purpose. He has a plan. He has a destiny. He has a will for your life. And he wants to raise you up. And he wants to use you to reach family members, to reach this community, to make a lasting impact for all time and eternity. Come on, somebody get excited here tonight. But there he tested them. There he proved them. There God tried to grow them spiritually. And you may be in a test of your life tonight. Well, it's a good place to be because that shows that there's greatness in store for your life. Because God will enable you to pass that test with flying colors. All you got to do is cry out to him like Moses did here in our text. He didn't bring us and break that yoke of bondage that many of us were in. Your bondage perhaps was not like my bondage. And my bondage perhaps was not like your bondage. But make no mistake about it, my friend. You were just as lost as I was. And God did save you and deliver you. That he would just let you die right here in the deserts. He has something in store for your life. But you're going to be tested. You're going to be proved. And God is going to try to grow you spiritually. See, there's many different examples in God's word. See, what even Jesus himself, you know, after he was baptized, he was tested in the wilderness. How about David? He conquered enemies, but yet he fell to Bathsheba. Elijah calls down fire, yet he was terrified of Jezebel and he flees. What about Nehemiah? He rebuilds the wall and enemy raises opposition against them. Peter walks on water, but yet he denies the Lord three times. Samson, the strongest man in the world, he couldn't conquer his own flesh. The list goes on and on, and I'm here to tell you, what about Adam and Eve? They were perfect and they were sinless. You know, but Satan uh, ended up coming into the scene and, and caused them to sin, and eventually death entered the world. What about Noah's ark, saved through the flood? but uncovered drunk in his tent. Paul's miraculous conversion, but yet right after that blessing, Jews conspired to kill him. And right here in Exodus 14, verse number 29, turn there quickly with me. We're going somewhere. But it simply reads like this. We see in this portion of scripture, we see God, he's parting the Red Sea, a tremendous miracle and blessing for his people. They went through on dry ground with walls of water on their right as well as their left. Come on, if you and I, I know there's no beaches around here. Even the swimming pools are all dried up. Amen, somebody. And we're out here in the desert, and I know there's not much water out here. But yet, if we were to see a miraculous sign by God, whatever the case may be, and we were to see it with our very own eyes, that should give us enough confidence and faith in spite of what comes our way, in spite of the tragedies, the trials, in spite of the testings, in spite of the fire, in spite of whatever may be coming our way. That should give us enough faith to say, you know what? God is a miracle working God. There's nothing too great for him. There's nothing that he can't do in and through my life. See, society perhaps had given up on you at one time. Sad to say family members may have given up on you at one time or another. Sad to say we have even given up on ourselves. Oh, but there's one. I'm here to tell you that there's one. I said there's one that will never give up on you. His love is stronger than you and I here tonight. He won't give up on us. But sometimes we have a skewed vision on who God really is and what he can really do. He's an all-powerful God. I can't say it enough. He's a miracle-working God. He could speak into your life and change you miraculously. Come on, that was your opportunity. How many of you guys got spoken to your life and all of a sudden you changed? You were one way, but all of a sudden you have that about face. You were walking in one direction, but God walked upon the scene of your life. And because of that, you're not the same, my friend. You are a new creature in Christ Jesus. You are somebody here tonight in the eyes of God. But so many times we allow our upbringings and, you know, what people have spoken into our lives. That's why I preached last Wednesday. Be careful who you let speak into your life. Not everybody means you well. Not everybody wants the best for you. Not everybody really cares about you. 
But we can let and trust and we can have confidence when God's word speaks to us that it means well and God wants the best for us. He doesn't want us to settle for anything less than his best. Come on, somebody get excited tonight. I want to preach a little bit, but I need some help tonight. Amen. We have to understand that God, when he looks at us, he doesn't see us for what we were. He sees us as blood washed. He sees the finished product. He sees what he created us to be. And it's not to be drug addicts. It's not to be gang members. It's not to be worthless. It's not to be nobody. But it's to be his children that he would raise us up and he would use us for his honor and his glory. See, Moses and the people sang a song of deliverance to the Lord. We should be singing a song of deliverance. It shouldn't be pulling teeth. We shouldn't be pulling teeth. Danny shouldn't be up here pulling teeth trying to get us to worship the Lord. We should sing a song of deliverance and say, oh, glory to God. I was messed up. I was lost and bound. But Jesus came into my life, and I have a reason to shout, a reason to be excited, because it's only because of his goodness and his power. They were singing a song of deliverance. Singing. See, the Lord reigns forever and forever. How many of you guys know that he reigns? Oh, he, just because Jesus died. Yes, he was nailed to a cross. Yes, he was defeated, it seemed to be. Oh, but glory to God. Three days went by, and that resurrection power of God fell upon him and raised him from the dead. And because of that, that same resurrection power is here tonight. See, Moses and them, they sang a song of deliverance that the Lord reigns. See, they experienced great blessings. Then only three days later, they were confronted with a great testing, and the battle began. See, how many guys know it's like all of a sudden you get saved? You get saved, and it's like, man, everything is hunky-dory, peachy cream. Everything is, man, this is the best. I'm on top of the world. We feel good on the inside. You know, God begins to give us back our dignity, our, our integrity. God begins to, to restore back unto us our family and our self-respect. God begins to give us those things back. Oh, but then all of a sudden, how many guys know that we wish we could live on the mountaintop? But we got to get back to the desert. We got to get back to reality. We got to come back down to earth, back into the valley of the shadow of death. But don't fear, my friend, because God you and he's never going to run out on you he's not going to run out on you we'll run out on each other we'll give up on each other i will fail each other oh even in the midst of our love even in the midst of our loyalty and our commitment we will but god god on the other hand he's not like us God, on the other hand, he won't give up. He won't run out. He won't look by you. He won't pass you up. God will continue to try to perfect in you his purpose and his plan. And he'll raise you up and use you if you surrender completely to him. They experience great blessings. Anybody want to experience great blessings? They only, after three days, after they were delivered, they encountered and they were confronted with, with great testings and the battle began. See, we can be blessed in spite of the test. Number one is because the test is good for us. Yes, it's medicine. It's medicine. It's spiritual steroids, if I may. It builds you up. It gives you some backbone. It gives you some courage. It teaches you to fight. It teaches you to trust. It teaches you to depend on God and not ourselves. See, it's in the test that the real you comes out. It's in the fire that the real you is exposed. All the makeup is burned off. The real you begins to show forth. And God wants to perfect us. He wants to build us. But he has to allow us to be tested. We don't like to be tested. I said it before. I'll say it again. In school, if you weren't, you know, oh, you weren't the smartest cat on the block. You know, we didn't like to be tested. Amen. Right? Let's tell the truth. Even if you were the smartest, you didn't like pop quizzes. Pop. Okay, we're going to have a quiz today. We didn't like that, right? We, not many of us. We didn't like that. Like, man, I, I knew I shouldn't have came to school today. And I knew I was feeling a little something inside of me. You know, we didn't want to be, you know, tested in those areas, especially pop quizzes. But God has a way of testing us. 
He has his own pop quizzes. But he's not testing us to defeat us, but he's testing us to strengthen us. He's trying to develop some character in us. He's trying to develop some integrity in us. He's trying to give us that stuff that it takes to endure to the end. He doesn't want us to fall off to the left or right. He doesn't want us to start off this race, this race real fast, but yet die down and stop running. So he has to test us because it's in the test that you learn to trust him, like I said. It's in the test that you learn to fight. It's, just, it's when you learn to depend upon him and not our own abilities. See, you can only last so long with your giftings and your talents and your know-how. And, and, our, and our perspectives and our mentalities. And, and we can only last so long with those giftings. But eventually the gift will run dry. And it's not the gift that's going to keep you. It has to be your relationship with God. And we have to renew it every day of our lives. We have to be on our face before God. And say, God, if I'm going to make it to the end, I need as much of you as possible. We got to remember, many of us, we know what it's like. We wanted, we were hogs out there in the world, some of us. Right? We were hogs. You, you can fill it in with whatever it is that you were into. But you wanted all of it. Right? You, you didn't just want a little bit, but you wanted it all. And we got to be the same way. God, I don't want just a little bit of dripping on me. I don't want just a little bit of rain and a little bit of drizzle. I want you to rain on my life. I want you to use this life. I want you to become all that you have called me to become. I want you to work through my life. We can be blessed in spite of the test because the test is good for us. In our text in verse 22 and 23, it says, Then Moses led Israel from the Red Sea and they went into the desert of Shur. For three days they traveled in the desert without finding water. When they came to Marah, they could not drink it because it was bitter. That is why the place is called Marah. Could you imagine? They haven't drank nothing in three days. They ain't drank in three days. You know, three days. I'm talking about anything. They haven't had nothing to drink in three days. And then all of a sudden they find some water. Listen to me. Mind you, they find some water. But yet it's bitter water. It's not drinkable. If you drink this water, you're, you're liable to get sick, perhaps die. It's not going to quench your thirst. Better yet, it, it's, it tastes, it's, you can't even, it's, it's, uh, 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 the taste is not good for you. It's not going to fulfill or satisfy that quench. So they find this water and they did what many of us would do. They start complaining to the leader, to the pastor. Amen, somebody. <laughs> they start complaining like, oh, man. Why do we got to light that sign up? We have a sign right there and a sign on top of the building. Why do we got to light that sign up? Because how many guys know we're called to be a lighthouse? We're called to reach treasures out of darkness. We're called to make an impact in this world. But the test is good for us. These individuals started complaining because they haven't drank nothing in three days. And the water that they do stumble upon is not drinkable. But in James chapter 1, verse number 2 and 4, it reads, Consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds. Because you know that the testing, everybody say testing. Come on, say it with me, testing. The testing of your faith develops perseverance. And perseverance must finish, finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. See, if you're lacking tonight, it's because God is still testing you. He's trying to grow you. He wants to mature you. He's trying to put some perseverance in you. See, because uh, the, the, the type of people that many of us, not all of us were, we were runners. As soon as something, you know, we, we find ourselves between a rock and a hard place, we want to run. We want the easy way out. We're like, man, you know, uh, if this is going to happen. I'll just go ahead and I'll take off. If this relationship's too difficult, I'll leave it and I'll go over here. If this job is requiring more education, I'll just quit and find me another job. If this church is requiring commitment, I'll go into one of those mega churches, many of them here in the city of Phoenix, and just get lost in the crowd. And we can't live our lives like that because we, we, we build and develop patterns in our lives because God is testing us. The test will follow you to that mega church. The test will follow you to that other relationship. The 
you in that new job. The test will still be there because God's not going to let you avoid it. The test is good for us. We've got to consider it pure joy. We're going to face many trials. And we know in the Greek that word many trials means polka dotted. And what it means is it's multicolored. It's, it's multifaceted. There's, there's many different trials and means and avenues in which we will be tested. But it's good for us because it, you know that the testing of your faith, it develops perseverance. Perseverance. And perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature, complete, not lacking anything. If we're lacking tonight, it's because we don't want to let God develop that perseverance in us. If we feel like, man, something's still missing, it's because God's trying to mature you. And the only way he gets some of our attention is when he allows us to go through the fire. When he allows us to, to uh, the heat to be turned up in our lives. And we're like, man, why does it hurt? Man, why am I going through this mind? Why is it difficult? Man, why do I want to run? Why do I want to give up? It's because God is trying to develop perseverance in you. But it hurts at times. It hurts to stick it out in that relationship when you know you can get in another one like that. It hurts to stick it out in this church when you know you can just go to the church up the street like that. It hurts, you know, oh, the economy is a little bad, so maybe it's not a good example. But it hurts to stick it out at that job when you know you might if you have the education and you have the skills and you're qualified. You may get another job like that. But it hurts at times. It hurts, but God's not going to allow us to, to, to not go through it. He's going to let us go through it so he can build that perseverance. Because the Bible says that those that endure to the end are the ones that will be saved. He's not so concerned with the here and now, but he's thinking about all eternity. But it hurts. See, God brings men into deep waters not to drown them, but to cleanse them. He wants to cleanse you here tonight. He's not trying to drown you and take you out. He doesn't have your name on a piece of paper. He's not trying to take you out. He allows us to get into those deep waters not to drown us, but to cleanse us. He wants to cleanse you here tonight. Whatever it may be, you know what it is. You know it, and God knows it even better than you. He wants to cleanse you tonight. He wants to purify you. He wants to beautify you. He wants to raise you up and use you. And the only way he's going to be able to do that is to grow you. And the only way that we're going to grow is getting a little quiet in here. Don't worry, we're going to get good. Amen. But it's getting a little quiet in here. We're like, man, why is he talking about tests? Man, why do I got to hear about this tonight? Well, because God knows what's lying ahead. If you're not in the test right now, it's okay. Be ready. Buckle down. Thank God. Because the test is waiting on the other side of the wall right there. See, in adversity, we usually want God to do a removing job. We want him to do a removing job when he wants to do an improving job. See, he wants to improve you. He's not going to remove those tests from your life. He's going to allow them to stay there so he can improve you. I want to be new and improved. Right, let me say it again. I stumbled a little bit there. I want to be new and improved. I want to be the new and improved pastor. I want to be the new and improved husband. I want to be the new and improved father. The new and improved man of God. Come on, I don't think you're hearing me tonight. Are you satisfied with where you're at? I want to be new and improved. I want to be an updated version. Amen? Right? I need to download an app and be the updated version. Amen? Right? This is the pastor when I first got here in 2007. I want the 2012 model. Amen, somebody. I want the new and improved. Come on, somebody, you need a download here tonight as well. You need one of those apps as well. Don't be satisfied. That's the problem. If you're satisfied, you're going to be stuck. You're going to spin your wheels. You're going to feel like, man, isn't, isn't there more? You know there's more, but yet you don't want to persevere to attain it. You'd rather be stuck and miserable than to put a little bit of work in and get a little dirty and get on your face and humble yourself and cry out to God so God can mature you and you can get that perseverance in your soul and become that man and that woman or that young person of God. Come on, somebody get excited in this place. Don't be crying out to God, God, remove this thing. Nah, say, God, improve this thing, amen? Improve me. Don't, don't, don't rescue me from this water. 
Let me learn some things first. Let me learn to swim in the deep, right? You want to get deep? Begin to swim out there in the ocean. Don't play and wiggle with your toes in the shallow waters. Say, God, let me dive in. And God, you're going to have to teach me to swim in spite of what takes place in this ocean. But I know that you're not going to let me drown. Don't just twiddle your toes. I'll twiddle your toes and, oh, it's too cold. Oh, just dive in there and say, God, let your will be done in my life. See, what does the test do, though? It, it builds us. It builds maturity, like I said. In Ephesians 4.13, it says, uh, uh, I'm going to kind of paraphrase it. Pastures to prepare God's people and people uh, and, and body is built up and, until we reach unity in the faith. And in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. See, the test builds maturity. It brings maturity. We, we can't be spiritual giants and infants all our salvation in all the days of our life. We, we can't be at square one like if we just got saved today. There has to be signs of improvement. We have to see signs of growth. We have to see that we are becoming better spouses. We are becoming better parents. We are becoming, you know, uh, uh, honest, uh, uh, hardworking citizens within our community. We are becoming what God created us to be because he didn't create no junk. How many can say amen? He has a purpose and a plan for our lives. I can't say it enough. The test also builds character. Anybody needs some character? Some character. In Romans chapter 5, verse number 3 and 4, it reads, Not only so, but we also rejoice in our sufferings. Because we know that suffering produces perseverance. And perseverance, character. And character, hope. See, there's that word again, perseverance. God wants to instill within us some perseverance. We're able to persevere rather than flee and run. The only time we're supposed to flee is when Joseph flee, right? Joseph flee from Potiphar's wife. That's the only time we're supposed to flee. We're not supposed to run from the enemy and his foes. We're supposed to stand our ground. We're supposed to have a defense. We're supposed to be able to say, you know what, man? I'm not going to run from you because I know stronger is he that is in me than he that is in the world. And that's including you as well. I'm not going to run. I'm not going to flee. I know I can do all things. I know I can defeat this giant in my life. I know I can defeat my old mentality. I know I can conquer my past. I know that I can become what God has called me to be. And I need some character if I'm going to last. We need character. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse number 33, it reads, Do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. Bad company corrupts good character. And we know that saying, you show me who you hang out with and I'll tell you who you are. If we think that we're going to be in the church and be all happy-go-lucky and praise the Lord and glory to God on Wednesday night. But yet, Friday night, amen, somebody. Our hands are in the air, but we're not worshiping the Lord. We're like, hey, right? We're doing something else, right? Tonight we got our nice Bibles. We dusted them off before we came in tonight, right? But Friday night we got something else in our hand that should be in our hand. We can't live like that. If you hang out with bad people, eventually either you're going to be used by God to reach them or they're going to uh, pervert you and you're going to become more like them. Yes, love them. Yes, encourage them. Yes, pray for them. But don't go hanging out with them in places you have no business hanging out in. Character. What you are when nobody else is around. Integrity. We need in the church today. We need in our church here tonight. We need men of integrity. Men of character. Women of integrity. Women of character. Men that are able to say, I am what you see. We need people to lead by example and say, you know what? I am what I say I am. 
I don't have different faces I put on depending on where I'm at. Okay, I'm at school, let me put this face on. Okay, I'm at work, let me put this face on. This is not a mask, a masquerade ball. This is the house of the Lord, God Almighty. And we got to say, I don't want no mask. The real me is here tonight. What you see is what you get. I don't think we like that part. Somebody say, ouch. All right. Let me, Pastor Love, come back here tonight. Here we go. Romans chapter 8, verse number 28 says, And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. See, we have to know that the test, it's good for us. Everything that we go through is good because God will turn it around for the good if we love him and have been called according to his purpose. He'll use it to benefit us. He's able to do that. He's able to, to take this over here and, and even mix it in to what he wants to do. And he'll bring good even out of the bad that we live. See, to realize the worth of an anchor, we need to feel the storm. To realize the worth of an anchor... We need to feel the storm. Sometimes we don't understand that, you know, the anchor, the anchor holds God Almighty, Jehovah, Jesus is our anchor. And we don't know the value of that anchor. We don't know that it'll hold until we go through some turbulent waters, until we experience some storms. You may find yourself in a storm tonight. You may be in the test of your life tonight. You may feel like running tonight. But I'm here to tell you, stick it out. Let God develop perseverance in you. Let Him mature you so you'll become all that He's called you to be. To realize the worth of the anchor, we need to feel the storm. You feel the storm, but you want to lift that anchor up and you want to take off. Don't do it, my friends. Stick it out. Endure the storm. You'll make it to the other side. And the other side is glory. The other side is heaven. The other side is what Jesus has in store for us. We can't just lift up the anchor and just take off and flee. We've got to endure and develop some perseverance. How many can say amen? So the test is good for us. Number two, real quick, is the test reveals our hearts. The test reveals our hearts. In verse 24 of our text, it reads, So the people grumbled against Moses, saying, What are we to drink? Then Moses cried out to the Lord, and the Lord, the Lord showed him a piece of wood. He threw it into the water, and the water became sweet. There the Lord made a decree and a law for them, and there he tested them. See, we have to understand that when we're in the midst of those tests, the real us will come out. What's in our heart will come out. What our motives are will come out. What we're made of will be shown for everybody to see. In Hebrews chapter 3, verse number 12, it reads, See to it, brothers, that none of you has a sinful, unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God. See to it. Let this verse marinate. Let it soak within your spirit. See to it, my brothers, that none of you has a sinful, unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God. I'm here to tell you that God is real. Look about, look around, look within. God is real. Many of us, like I said earlier, were castaways. And many of us, people had given up on. Many of us were outcasts and told that we would never amount to anything. But we've already broke that curse. We are men and women of God. We are children of the Most High God. And we are becoming what God created us and destined us to be. The test reveals our hearts. The test reveals what we're made of. See, spiritual testing reveals our heart's condition. No one enjoys testing or trials. They're not something we choose to go through. My heart aches, though. Listen to me. My heart aches when I look out to the audience and I look out amongst our congregation and I can see and feel some of your pains. My heart aches. And sometimes we inflict those pains upon ourselves. We're spiritual cutters here tonight. We're cutting ourselves and we're cutting ourselves. And the more that we cut ourselves, the further we're getting from God. God wants to do something great and awesome in your life. But you got to allow him. you got to come and submit and surrender and say, God, I'm not going to do it my way no more. God, I need you to take control of my life. 
with spiritual cutters and we're cutting ourselves and we're cutting ourselves and, and before you know it, we get numb to the pain. Though everybody else can see it, sometimes we're numb to our own inflicted and the pains that we bring upon ourselves. There's no other solution. I can't give no other reason why we taste and see and know that the Lord is good, but yet we still go back to the same old. It doesn't make any sense. We're not insane. Insanity, the definition is doing the same thing over and over and over, but yet we're expecting different results. We're not going to get different results until we change and we, we stop cutting ourselves and stop distancing ourselves from God and we humble ourselves and acknowledge that God, I need you because if you don't do something, I don't know if I'm going to make it. But it, it, it pains my heart sometimes, especially sometimes I kid you not and I'm not deep and spooky, right? I, I don't, you know, I don't, I'm not in the third heaven tonight. I'm right here on earth. Amen, somebody? But sometimes when I'm praying for some of you guys, I can feel what you're going through. Sometimes I can look into your eyes. The Bible says the eye is the window of the soul. And I can see the pain within your life. And sometimes it breaks my heart. It pains my heart. Because I don't understand why we wouldn't change and let God take control of our lives. We don't have to struggle the way that we struggle at times. We don't have to live the way that we used to live. We don't have to be the way that we used to be. All we got to do is come to the cross every day, throughout the day, every day of our lives. And God will see us through. And he'll change us from the inside and it'll show on the outside. The testing reveals our heart though. My heart aches when I see someone... From our church family in the midst of trials and testing. The test reveals our heart. And lastly, number three is the test brings us back. It brings us back. The test brings us back. In verse 26 of our text, it says, He said, if you listen carefully to the voice of the Lord your God and do what is right in His eyes. If you pay attention to His commands and keep all His decrees. I will not bring on you any of the diseases I brought on the Egyptians. For I am the Lord who heals you. He's able to heal us. The test brings us back. Sometimes we need a spiritual healing. This is a spiritual hospital for us that are here and for those that are lost and bound. But we can come and he can bandage us up all from those self-inflictions and those cuttings that we bring upon ourselves. He can come. The Holy Spirit, the hospital is a place where the Holy Spirit, Spirit comes and he, he binds up our wounds. And he's able to, to, you know, he's able to strengthen us and he's able, he's able to do, you know, what, what nobody else is able to do in our lives. This is the place where you need to be, where you can come and you can be you. You can take the mask off and say, this is the real me. I'm here because not that I have it all together. I'm here because I acknowledge I need God to put this thing back together. I'm here because I, 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 I've self-inflicted myself for so many years, spiritually speaking. I need the Holy Ghost. I need the Holy Spirit. I need the Comforter to embrace me tonight, to love me tonight, to heal me tonight, to touch me tonight, to love me just a little bit tonight. I need the Spirit of God. It brings us back. If we're open, the test will bring us back, but we must seek the Lord. We must seek the Lord. In Jeremiah 29, verse number 13, it reads, You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. Listen carefully to the voice of the Lord. Get alone with Him. Come before His throne. Repent of all known sin. Draw close to God. In James, it says, uh, As we draw close to God, God will draw close to us. God desires to be in every aspect of your life. He desires to, 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 you know, have say so and take precedence over your life. So we got to seek the Lord. The test will bring us back, but we must seek the Lord as well as if we must digest his word. In Matthew chapter four, verse number four, Jesus answered, it is written. Man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes forth from the mouth of God. See, obedience brings blessing. 
while disobedience brings judgment. We must be in his word even before the trials come. We have to digest his word. Read through your Bible this year. The remaining year. I got a new Bible. Uh, uh, daily uh, daily devotional Bible. Where if I read every day. Like today was the 29th. Though my Bible didn't have the 29th. Because it's a leap year. Right? My Bible. My daily devotional Bible. Didn't have the 29th. Because usually uh, February only has 28 days. Right? So today I had a day off. Shame on me. Amen somebody. But if I read every day this Bible, by the time this year, I read through the whole Bible. And they got a lot of good ones. You got to digest the word. You got to get into the word. So the word will be in you. You want to be a conqueror. You want to defeat the enemy and the giants in your life. You want some revitalized fire and passion and zeal. Then get into the word of God. Digest the word of God. Because the word of God is alive. It's alive. It'll change you. And then we got to trust His grace as well. The test will bring us back, but we must trust His grace. In 2 Peter chapter 2, verse number 9, the Lord knows, it says, how to rescue godly men from trials and to hold the unrighteous for the day of judgment while continuing their punishment. We have to be able to say, no man, is nothing but the grace. If it had not been for the grace of God, all of us, would be doomed and damned for all eternity. Always remember God is in control. He knows what you're going through here tonight. He's able to rescue you from any trial you may encounter. Trust in His grace. The Lord is molding your life. He's conforming you to the image of His Son. I'm going to read this. It's from a book that I read many, many years ago from Max Lucado. I thought it was so fitting that I added it here. But it reads like this, Chippy, and some of you may have heard it, the parakeet never saw it coming. Chippy the parakeet, he never saw it coming. One second he was peacefully perched in his cage. The next he was sucked in, washed up, and blown over. The problems began when Chippy's owner decided to clean Chippy's cage with a vacuum cleaner. She removed the attachment from the end of the hose and stuck it in the cage. The phone rang. And she turned to pick it up. She barely said hello when Chippy got sucked in. The bird owner gasped, put down the phone, turned off the vacuum, and opened the bag. There was Chippy, still alive but stunned. <sighs> Since the bird was covered with dust, she grabbed him and raced to the bathroom. Turned on the faucet and held Chippy under the running water. Then realizing that Chippy was soaked and shivering, she did what any compassionate bird owner would do. She reached for the hairdryer and blasted the pet with hot air. Poor Chippy never knew what hit him. A few days after the trauma, the reporter who initially written about the event contacted Chippy's owner to see how the bird was recovering. Well, she replied, Chippy doesn't sing much anymore. He just sits and stares. It's hard not to see why, because he was sucked in, washed up, and blown over. That's enough to steal the song from the strongest of hearts. How many can say amen? See, in the book of Proverbs, chapter 2, verse number 7 and 8, it reads, He holds the victory in store for the upright. He is a shield to those whose walk is blameless. For He guards the course of the just and protects the way of His faithful ones. See, you may be in the midst of a trial, but there's light at the end of the tunnel and it's not a train. There is light at the end of the tunnel and it's not a train. The test brings us back. In the book of John, chapter 14, 13 and 14, Jesus answered, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water I give, I give him will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give him will become to him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. I use that verse right there as I close and I would just have Brother Danny come tonight. As we all stand. I use that verse right there in the book of John. 
about the living water. Because it starts off and it says, Jesus answered, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. And the question I have is, what water are you drinking tonight? What water are you drinking tonight? Because if you're still thirsty and you're still not, that thirst is not quenched and your thirst has not been satisfied. I'm here to tell you that you're not drinking the living water. What is it? It may look like the living water. It may even to a certain extent taste like the living water. If you know me, I, I, I only drink the sunny water. I only drink the sunny water. There's other water that may kind of look like the sunny water. But I don't think, I don't care what anybody else says, there is no water that tastes like the sunny water, right? But what, I, what I'm using this verse for is, the water that you're drinking, is it satisfying and quenching your thirst? Are you dehydrated? Are you dying of thirst here tonight? Are you holding on by a thread here tonight? No moving around. Everybody stay seated or stay standing. Are, are you dying of thirst tonight? Are, is, are you satisfied in your spirit tonight? Or do you have to continue to drink and continue to drink and continue to drink? You're drinking this. You're drinking that. You're trying this. You're trying that. But yet you're still empty and you're still thirsty. What are you drinking tonight? What are you drinking? Are you drinking from the well that never runs dry? Are you drinking the living water of the Lord here tonight? Jesus answered, everyone who drinks this water, this water will thirst again. It may satisfy for a night. There's pleasure in sin, but only for a season. It may quench your thirst temporarily. But there comes a day, there comes a time where you realize that, hey, this is not cutting it. This is not doing its job. I'm still thirsty. I want more. And I'm here to tell you that God is telling you, come drink from this living water. I got all that you can drink. And it will never run dry. And it will satisfy and quench your thirst. Everyone who drinks this water will thirst again. But whoever drinks the water I give him will never thirst. The water I give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. So it begins to well up within us. And it starts overflowing. And it starts spilling into the lives of others. Others are able to come alongside you. And you have enough water to give them. You have that living water. And you're able to say, you know what, take that, that, that aftermarket, take that, that no-name brand, take that, that, that bunk stuff, that fake stuff, take that water away. I got the living water. It's pure. It's holy. It'll satisfy. It'll fulfill you. It'll change your life. But we got to realize and we got to come to ourselves. We got to say, you know what, man, I've tried all these different drinks here. I've tried everything else, but yet I'm still, I'm still not satisfied. I'm thirstier. It's like, man, it's, it's, not, it's not doing its job. I, I need more. I need more. I don't, I don't want to be the same. We're getting ready to go into the third month of 2012. I don't want to be the same. I don't want the church the same. I don't want my family the same. I don't want nothing in my life the same. I want to do greater. I want to do more. I want to be more satisfied. I want more of Jesus. I want to be all that God has predestined me to be. Predestined me to be. Blessed in spite of the test. Blessed in spite of the test. The test is good for us. It reveals our hearts. And it brings us back. The test brings us back. It reveals our hearts. And every head is bowed and every eye is closed. I just want to pray. And I want you to just be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. I just want you, you know, just to focus on your own personal life. Not on the life of your family here tonight. Not on your kids or your spouse. 
But I want you to get personal and intimate with the Lord just for a moment. I just want you to focus. Just, just begin just in your own way. Just, just examine your life and see where you're at. Are you thirsty tonight? Are, are you being tested tonight? Because you can be blessed in spite of the test. The test is good for us. It reveals our heart and it brings us back. I'm just going to pray. And as you focus, you just focus on the Lord just for a moment. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you here tonight for your many blessings. We even thank you for the testings in our own lives. Lord, help us as we go through trials and testing, oh God. Help us, Father, that we would, uh, you would allow those testings to give us the victory, my God. Help us to grow spiritually, individually, and as a church family, as a whole. I pray for those who are in the midst of the test here tonight. Lord, encourage us, strengthen us, build us in spite of the test. God, mature us. Give us perseverance, God. Let us draw into a deeper walk with you. Let us go and come to the well that never runs dry tonight. Let us drink of your living water, God. Let us get rid of all these knockoffs and all these these drinks that are not authentic, God, not real, not genuine, not the real thing, God. Let us come to the water that you have for us tonight, God. Father, give us that thirst for more of you. Give us that hunger for more of you. Give us that passion. Renew that fire, that zeal, that love that we once had for you, God. Father, in spite of the test, let us realize that we can be blessed, God. Because that just shows that you got greatness in store for our lives. Touch every individual, touch every marriage, touch every family, touch every health, touch every finances, touch everybody that is represented here tonight, God. Have your way, God. In spite of the test, we could be blessed, God. We thank you for all that you are and who you and simply for who you are tonight. All that you've done as well. We love you and we need you here tonight. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. If you want to come to the well that never runs dry and you have a thirst that you want to be quenched and satisfied tonight, these altars are open. Praise the Lord. Glory.